Hello and welcome to the Archives Are Incomplete. My name is Jonah and today I'm joined by my good friend Meg Rickman to talk spoilers. Meg, I believe I handed the Star Wars Legends chronology in late 2017, early 2018? Yes, I believe it was November of 2017. Okay, yeah. So I gave, we had been talking about books in Star Wars and I was like, I have a suggested read order. Um, so she has been reading them for five years now, because that's, right? No, I've dedicated, like, the next four years of my life to reading a book weekly. In five years. Yeah. Um, so I started her with my modified read order, where you start with True Pakura and X-Wing, go through the New Republic era, then jump back to the beginning once you hit the New Jedi Order. You don't read any New Jedi Order. Um, you go through pre-war, the Clone Wars, the Rise of Empire, and the Rebellion, and then you skip to New Jedi Order and Legacy of the Force and all that. So that's where she's been. That's what she's been reading. She's read up to most of the way through Legacy of the Force. You have fourteen books left, I think we said. Yes. So I have the last book of Legacy left, and the I have like thirty pages in the book. I oh think it's boy, Invincible. Um, is in front of Legacy, and I have, like, the last 30 pages of that. Sweet. So we're going to talk about literally everything except for, like, the last 15 books. So there's going to be spoilers for the next two or three years of the podcast. So if you don't want those spoilers to happen to your face, uh, just don't listen to this one and come back in a decade when you've read all the books. I mean, it might not take you a whole decade. No. Um, if you're reading along with me at this ludicrous rate, then it'll only be three years until you're ready to come back to listen to this. I'm sure that at that point, I will have definitely had Meg on to talk some more, because we're probably going to... I might have you on to talk about some of your favorite arcs, especially uh, if you reread some of them. Yes. Uh, when I get to them. I have many feelings. So, let's start with some questions. Unless you'd like to introduce yourself some more. Oh, yeah, I guess you should probably do that. I mean, if you want. Um, So, my name's Meg Rickman. I haven't done this before, (laughs) in case you could tell. (laughs) Uh, My name is Meg Rickman. I befriended Jonah uh, on, literally because of books. Yeah, because of books. uh, At an event that we did together, and then we both realized we were Star Wars nerds. And the coolest thing about this for me, is I've kind of always, up until... Uh, we started, Jonah and I started talking about Star Wars. Half been, a decade ago. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I had been kind of a closeted Star Wars nerd because I was raised on the belief that sci-fi was not for girls. Um, so the coolest thing for me to repeat myself, because I'm nervous, uh, is simply that this has let me embrace that love for Star Wars. And in a very fun way, get very excited about fictional characters to the point that there have been tears and angry messages at three in the morning. And four and five. And four and five. Alrighty. So, yeah. It's great to have somebody who's as invested in this as I am. Most people I know who are big Star Wars fans enjoy the content and don't go as deep. Uh, a lot of I've I, a friend introduced me to like a friend of a friend of a friend and they're like yeah they're they're they say they're a big fan of Star Wars I'm like oh cool I'm excited to talk to them I'm like 
so I was talking to them. So, like, how big of a fan are you? Like, what what sort of stuff are you into? And this person was like, oh, well, I've seen all the movies a couple of times. I haven't seen all of the shows yet, but I'm a pretty big fan. I'm like, cool. I'm going to calibrate to that. I'm not going to talk about no. the library, the archives that are incomplete, but I'm working on getting all of the books. Anyways, so let's start with the first question. As I mentioned, I started you, I didn't start you with a strict chronology. No. And it wasn't in publish order either, because mm -mm. that is a pain to figure out. There's a lot of books. There are. Um, how would you feel about the arc that you've taken? Obviously, you can't talk about, like, the last ten books. Right. But it wouldn't make sense to read those, because those were latest both in published chronology and in universe chronology. So, so. yeah, so either way that I uh, tackled this, I still wouldn't have them done. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it, and it's... Because of something we have definitely discussed before, there's been a lot of payoff. There's been a lot of things that have happened. You're allowed to spoil people. We told them that they were going to get spoiled. <sighs> okay, fair enough. Um, we, in fact, we discussed last night all of the little seeds for uh, our big bad Yuzan Vong. Yes. Uh, that showed up in books, some of which were obvious when I was reading them, and some of which were not. The biggest one, of course, being... When Anakin goes to a planet and has a ship made for him. Yeah. Uh, it's a Noma Seacoat in Rogue yes. Planet. Uh, I will readily admit, as a disclaimer for the rest of this episode, I'm very good at describing things. I'm horrendous with names. Jonah will most likely be supplying names for I, when I forget them. I have a memory for names, and also I, have a, I'm, I just have a book in front of me, yeah. Shocker, that has uh, a list of all the book titles, so I'll be able to call those but up But that was one faster. of the biggest payoffs, I think. Yeah. Was realizing what that planet was. Mm, yeah. And seeing how neat it is that a uh, Skywalker, again, gets to interact with this planet. How did you feel about... So, one of the earliest series you read... So, okay... One of the other recommended places to start, one of the places that most people recommend to start reading Extended Universe, Legacy, or Legends canon, is with the Thrawn trilogy. And I did not start you there. No. I started you, like, ten books before the Thrawn trilogy. Let's see, there's X-Wing. So there's True Sip Occur, the X-Wing series, Courtship of Princess Leia, Tatooine Ghost, and then the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Do you think starting with the Thrawn trilogy might have been better? I don't know if it's better. It would have definitely been different. I think a lot of people start with the Thrawn trilogy because a lot of people that read the books before I did and before uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9 came out, to them, you know, in Magical Christmas Land, that would have been the next three movies. Yeah. Would have been the Thrawn trilogy. So I think that's why people start there. I enjoyed the fact that I kind of had... baby step immersion in, back into the world of Star Wars outside of mm. episodes four, five, and six. Yeah. I felt like the buildup was better than if you had simply dropped to be in the deep end with the Thrawn trilogy, because it would have definitely felt like the deep end. Right. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Truce at Bakura feels like a very good sequel yes. to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And then the X-Wing series is in the universe, and you see Han and Luke and Leia, but they're... But the books aren't characters. about them, yeah. which was an interesting thing to read and enjoy books that were not about yeah. the big three. That So, like, 
for me, who has read all of these books so many times and the X-Wing series so, so many times, I'm just used to them. My sass voice. They are, I mean, that's mostly rates. Like, so I want to say Rogue Squadron is the Conky crew. Yeah. And Wraith Squadron is this the is sassy. sassy Squad. Yes. However, comma, Wedge, I mean, Wedge is king. Wedge or Wes? Oh, no. Like, Wedge Wedge has to pretend to be an adult too often he to does. be king. That's true. Okay, fine. Well, okay, he's king. Wes is the jester. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will give you that. Okay. Um, so, right. So, what I like about that is that you get a little bit of growth on all of your main three. Yeah. Because you see them a little bit. You see Han in solo command being like, what the fuck am I doing in front of a Star Destroyer? Yep. I'm a general now? What? Yeah, why, whoa, what, why am I back in the military? And Luke is talking about reforming the Jedi Order mm-hmm. and trying to feel out candidates for that. And then we go to, and then there's the courtship of Princess Leia and Tatooine Ghost, which are all about the development of Han and Leia's relationship. And we don't just skip to the Thrawn trilogy where Leia's pregnant. Right. And it's just like, hold on, what? Maybe even the kids, have the, have the twins been born at the beginning of the Thrawn trilogy? I legitimately do not remember. I honest, I feel like, I know that uh, Joris Sabaoth kidnaps them at some point during the trilogy. And that they were like on some moon... With winter being guarded. I think they may have already been born, but I'm not 100% certain. But, like, that's just so far advanced. Um, So, yeah, the question that I was driving at, like, 10 minutes ago when I got to this, (laughs) how did you feel about the payoff of reading the Thrawn trilogy and then going back to read Outbound Flight to read about George Sabaoth's original mission and the first time anybody from the... Poor planets mm-hmm. in the midrim and the Empire and the Republic in general interacted with Mithron Naroto. Uh, it was real cool. I, I I know that's not super descriptive, but being able to have those aha moments when you're reading for me as a reader and even outside of the Star Wars trilogy, uh, because I've always been a, oh, there's 13 books in the series? Give me. Yeah. Uh, is is very very neat, especially when you look at something like the legend canon, the extended universe, whatever you want to call it, where we have so many different voices and how many different authors yeah. are part of it. But you still they still let those authors tell the stories with their own voice while keeping those threads alive. Right, like Thrawn has or not Thrawn Zahn, mm-hmm. who writes about Thrawn, has like twelve books. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things is, I mean, we get to see Thrawn in Outbound Flight. Mm -hmm. And we also get to see him run into an interdictor field for the first time. And that plays such a key role in the Thrawn trilogy and all of his strategies that you just get to see this kid. He's not a kid at this point. He's a brilliant military strategist. (laughs) But you see this kid be like, oh, I could do so many magical things with that. I could use this. So much to my advantage. And you cut to 30 or 40 years later mm-hmm. and you see what havoc he can wreak with it. So now that we've answered <laughs> the first bullet point. Yay, question. Um, let's, I want to go over the big arcs in general. Talk sure. about what you felt, what you liked, what you didn't. Um, we're not going to go over every book because there are 147 of them. Correct. And, and I will readily admit that 
see my memory about names. Uh, with it being just my first read-through, I, sometimes I definitely have to be prodded to remember things because your brain can only consciously hold so much knowledge. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah, I mean, most of what I come from, like I have notebook mm. filled with all sorts of scrawled notes and then I read through it again as I'm compiling an outline and I have it in front of me as I'm recording. And so it's not all off the top of my head. Of course, now that I've read it and recorded it and written it, a lot more is just stuck in there permanently. Well, right, because it's repetition. Yeah. Uh, but let's start with the Old Republic and also the very, very old. Do you remember reading Dawn of the Jedi I do, Into the Void? A little bit. The Jedi? Right, the Jedi. Uh, and their obsession with, with the light and the, the ups, I guess, the sky. Um, if I'm remembering correctly... Yeah, and the balance between yes. Ashla and Bogan. Yeah, they were much more focused on the balance. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to light versus dark. And they had their metal swords, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, they were just so weird. Yep. And you're like... You could definitely see the seeds. The seeds of what would become the Jedi Order. Yeah. But it was different enough that you could... You could definitely tell that these were not the same people. Okay. What about Lost Tribes of the Sith? That's one of my favorites, honestly. That was the That's one the of the anthology compilation. of like uh, a yes. bunch of short stories over the course of a couple, like a thousand years where the Sith yes, are stuck you on a can planet. S- that one was really cool. To see the evolution of this idea from tribes, right? When you think, if you're looking at purely the movies, um, and even just some uh, a small amount of... The extra stuff tied to the movies because I can't think of the movies right now. Supplemental. Yeah. If you look at some of the supplemental things, the concept of the Sith is the concept of the two. Yeah. Master and apprentice. So seeing Sith as a A tribe. A planet of Sith. Right. A planet of Sith. Multiple different factions, different families, different ways of looking at this Sith mentality was very cool. Yeah. And like and seeing the evolution that would eventually lead to this concept of yeah. master and apprentice. One of the things that's interesting is in like the old Republic series and even later after the rule of two has been broken, um, we see Sith empires, but they're Sith empires at war on a galactic scale. We never really see what Sith civilization is on a day-to-day basis. Right. And we since they're restricted to the one planet mm-hmm. and they're technologically limited, we get to just see them be like, oh yeah, we have competitions to see who can make the best art. But loser like is loses all prestige and power for life and is sold as a slave because that's how we, we want to have real stakes. Yeah. And that's terrible. Uh, in case you weren't aware slavery was terrible. But But this this idea that the reason the consequences are so large is to push people to make the most like beautiful art. That they can. And that's, or just like be a good athlete or like teach well. Right. It's push not- push the civilization, push the culture to the best of whatever the choice is. And that's just so cool. And we never get to see that because most of the time we either, I mean, we get to see the Brotherhood of Darkness and Darth Bane mm-hmm. for a book before mm-hmm. somebody kills but even that But even that is but that's relatively at, small. That's small and it's at war. Yeah. There aren't civilians, it's all warriors. Mm-hmm. 
And then the rest of the time, we just look at the galaxy as run by Jedi mm-hmm. or Palpatine. But that's, <laughs> again, too Sith-ish with yeah. some Inquisitors. So the Old Republic books, uh, Revan, Deceived, mm-hmm. Fatal Alliance, Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Any recollection of those? Um, so Revan was interesting. Yeah. Partially because I never, I still don't, don't hate me. Don't I'm come waiting, after me. I'm waiting on the remaster. Uh, I have never played Knights of the Old Republic. So I did not know. The story. Who Revan was. Yeah, Revan so the, is. So the fact that the book opens up with his recollection back to being a villain, you know, to being a Sith. Yeah. I have no, I have no context context for what that was i had to go i had to go research yeah i was like i feel like for this book i at least need to understand why this is relevant i mean you should play those games i i mean i've only <laughs> played kotor 2 i've played it six times or mm-hmm. seven or eight to conf- like oh it's it's on the switch yeah it's on my phone it's on my switch it's <laughs> on my it's computer old. um and like kotor 1 it so kotor 1 spoilers mm. you've done your research yeah it's fine you could spoil it yeah me is you play as, I think, Revan. You might play as Malak. You play as one of the Dark mm-hmm. Lords of the Sith mm-hmm. of that time. After you have... Re- I think it's you fell to the dark side, you come back, and you're fighting against your old self. Yeah. And you're having these flashbacks. And so you, you actually never see Revan on the dark side. Yeah. Um, he maybe falls again? I can't remember. No, he... Anyways. Um, <laughs> and then the KOTOR 2, you play as his companion, mm-hmm. Mitra Zolik. Or yes. something. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah, remember her last name. Don't look at me for names. We've I, this. I, yeah, I know. But <laughs> the other option is to look at this book about Yoda and Count Dooku. And Yoda wasn't even alive then. No. Just but. So, yeah, I really liked Revan. I really liked Deceived because I've played Star Wars The Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And the cinematics, like two or three of the like trailer cinematics for the old Republic are the story of deceived. Mm-hmm. And so it's just cool seeing those cinematics turned into fleshed out thorough narrative. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's jump forward to Darth Bane. Uh, I mean, there's red harvest and night, yeah. Errand, but Darth Bane's the interesting Dar- one. Red harvest was the zombies. Yeah. That was the first of the zombies. That the, was weird. The other zombies one is death troopers. Right. It wasn't bad. It yeah. was just weird. I mean, so that's one of the things that I think I mentioned this when I handed off the first books to you. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of genres. Yeah. In yeah. Star, like you have those two horror books. You have Kenobi if you want a real solid Western. Ah, Kenobi's so good. Uh, oh, it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, Kenobi is written by John Jackson Miller, who also wrote Lost Tribes of the Sith. Ah, yeah. okay. Everything makes sense. Um, Coruscant Nights is your like noir mm-hmm. Thing. You have a couple different like military fiction style things with like Republic yep. Commando and X Wing. You have your literally mashed in space, like the instructions that um, Michael, oh, but Michael Reeves and Steve Perry got mm-hmm. for MedStar One and MedStar Two, mm-hmm. or the concept they pitched was mash, but in Star Wars. <laughs> um, you have some soft romance in like the courtship of princess leia less mm-hmm. that more in tatooine ghost yeah courtship oh, of princess tatooine leia's ghost. courtship is like 
Han's like, I bought you a planet that you didn't want, and now we're trapped on and we're going to die, so not really romantic. No, also, also no. I kidnapped you. Okay, yeah. 0% romantic. Tatooine Ghost, he's like, okay, I'm going to hunt down this extraordinarily valuable relic of your home world that yep. is meaningful to you because it was in the palace that you lived Correct. in growing up. I'm going to get it for you, and I'm going to risk my life to yeah. get you something to remind you of your childhood. It's stupid, but it's romantic. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I would just be like, please don't. Please just, like, buy me a print. Don't risk your life and spend millions of credits. Um, but even doesn't the panning become relevant in the Zumbong stories again? Um, don't they mention it? Am I crazy? I don't know if they mentioned it, but it is... Um, no, it was the bug thing. It's the Darkness trilogy. It's the and, bug thing. And the Killix. Oh, that was also kind of cool. Um, yeah, uh, what's cool is in Star Wars The Old Republic, the mm-hmm. Killicks are a thing there. Oh. And then they, by the time, over the course of the next half yeah. years, they die out. Um, but Darth Bane. We were talking about Darth Bane. We were Bane. talking about Darth Bane. With a touch of, like, genre splitting with Red Hearts. Yeah, stuff, but. so, major spoiler alert, in case you're still listening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if you haven't realized, we're spoiling everything. So, and this... All right, so I know this is about the books. Yeah. And I know you have feelings about the movies. We all have feelings about the movies. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing for me about the Darth Bane trilogy is the very end. Yeah. Where we are unsure who is dead and who is alive with this concept that not only is Master and Apprentice a thing with the rule of two. Yeah. But that we are literally transmitting the intelligences from one body to another, doing a little body snatching, which is referenced in episode nine, when Ray, who is suddenly a Palpatine, we're not going to talk about that, but no, we're not. when uh, the clone yeah. uh, of our good old Palpatine emperor looks at her and goes, I will give you basically me and all of my knowledge. So that, in that movie, was a definite gem. Yeah. And a movie maybe not full of many gems. So literally less than three hours before recording this, like in a mm-hmm. group chat, I got a meme from a friend saying Sidious, Bane, and the implications of the rule of two in canon. One of Darth Sidious' goals in The Rise of Skywalker is to have Rey kill him in anger so he can take over her body and be fully reborn again. It's pretty strongly implied that he wanted to do this with Luke in Return of the Jedi. Yep. And less strongly implied that this goes even further. How much of Sidious we know is really still Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Did Plagueis do the same to him? Did Tenebris do the same to Plagueis? Yep. How literal was Sidious when he claimed that he was all of the Sith? Have all the Sith Lords since Darth Bane really just been Bane in a new body yep. for the past thousand years? That's what years? I'm saying. Yeah, no, uh, like, it's exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to repeat you, but I'm just hilariously amused that I got that text oh, yeah, three yeah, yeah, hours yeah. ago. Well, because, uh, like, the end of the third book, right, it's... it's uh, Zana. Th- Zana is the one that stands up. But then is holding herself in a way. She has the hand twitch that Bane has had. That Bane has had. So the the one the and in such good story writing, we are left with questions. Right. And in a good way, right? This isn't yeah. we haven't finished the story in a correct way. This is meant to be ambiguous and therefore makes the story that much better. Yeah, and like uh her apprentice who is Darth Cognus the Iktachi yeah. is like 
who is like asks straight up, who are you? Mm-hmm. And Darth Zana says, I'm Darth Zana. Mm-hmm. And I think that so Drew Carpetian, the author, has been like, no, my intent was that Zana won. And I thought I made it pretty clear. And I'm like, first of all, you put in a hand twitch. Why would she have a hand twitch? Like, he's like, it's the last of Bane's presence in her leaving as that hand twitch. And I'm like, mm, I don't like that. And also, I like it so, like, he's like, why would Bane lie? It's be, he would lie because he does, like, if the truth is he took over Zana, yeah. then that's telling friend. Darth Cognis, you don't have a chance. And so she's not going to try. No, right? You want to say, you want to clearly be like, oh, yeah, you absolutely have a chance. Come at me so that you can claim her power. Right. And there's also the chance then that it is not anger that he is slain down upon. If if that is what has, right. has to be there in order for this transfer to happen, that it is now cold and calculating, which means yeah, that he is dead forever. I don't think the anger is needed. You don't think so? Not at all. Because in the fight between Zana and Bane, mm-hmm. the two of them were just like, ah, it is time for one of us I to mean, die. that's true, I guess. Yeah, us, less anger. Let us both attempt murder each other and made the best yeah, Dark I mean, Lord I guess, win. I guess, right, with Luke and then later with Rey, it is more like the anger is more important because they're still on the light side. Right. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I think he wants, like, a more compatible mm-hmm. vessel. So, oh, I, that's our pre-Old Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get pre-war. Do you... Have anything you want to say about like Cloak of Deception, Darth Maul, or do you just want to talk about Darth Plagueis? <laughs> Remind we... me, Cloak of Deception. Cloak of Deception is before the Battle of Naboo, and it's just a bunch of running a Palpatine pulling threads on Coruscant, oh, dealing with yes. the Trade Federation. Okay, so I let I know it seems weird that because I had to be reminded of it, but I very much enjoyed that book. I'm a big fan of political shows. Uh, West Wing in space, please. <laughs> Just call it like, I don't, okay, so this is my tangent. I'm okay. stealing. No, you're fine. Okay, so let's say we call it Organa. Oh my God. And cast one Jimmy Smits, <sighs> who is, you know, already cast a centered Bail Organa as Organa. Uh. Now, do you know who else Jimmy Smits has played? He was the center at the end? He, so he plays, of course, Bail Organa on Star Wars, and I was listening to the West Wing Weekly, like, uh-huh. yesterday, and I'm in season seven, uh, oh, yeah, Congressman, Congressman from Texas. That wants to get elected. And does. And does. That wants to be president. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. somebody with West Wing cred. We could just have, I would watch that so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Anyways, that's what I want for Christmas. Disney, if you're listening, <laughs> I will give you... No, that show would be so good to, like... A whole $25. Because, because he is firmly enmeshed in the politics of of a universe. Yeah. A core world that is sliding into what the Empire becomes. Yeah. Now, it might tie into Andor. I haven't seen any Andor yet. Don't yell at me. I know. Look. It's starting to hit the Marvel problem. Yeah. There's so much content. Yeah. I mean, there's more Marvel content, and I'm it's it's somehow combo. easier to keep up with. Anyways, so uh, yeah, Cloak of Deception has a lot of great political stuff. You know, it has even more great political stuff. It is 
Plagueis. Oh, Plagueis, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that book, I mean, if you are listening this far, you probably heard <laughs> me talk about Plagueis for a hot minute. So I don't, what do you have to say about it? I don't need to say more right now. <laughs> I've said my bit on Plagueis. Uh, especially going in the reading order that I did, mm. where I got to get the history of the Sith and getting to see Plagueis, which led to Sidious and understanding how then obviously when he came out as Palpatine. Yeah. Um, was as good as he was and able to hold on to things as well as he did. And also literally build the events to have him in power. Yeah. Uh that was a thick book. It sure was. That I think I read in two and a half days. Yeah. Like I and like sent he, you many a message. Like you start by reading and you're like, wow, this is good but very dense yeah it's a little dry and so it takes you like it takes you a while and you're like okay i read 50 pages i'm gonna put it down mm-hmm. and then you read the next 50 pages and you're like it is bedtime it's not bedtime nope i have 500 pages left it's not bedtime i think i can pull it off yeah uh I, one of my favorite moments is that is actually when palpatine and plages are having a conversation about the uh, plan for the blockade around Naboo. Mm-hmm. And that's encompassed in its entirety in the story of Darth Maul, Shadowhunter. Yeah. And also in, like, three quarters of a page of Plagueis. Yes. An entire novel. They're just like, oh, yeah, Maul hunted down a Jedi and some smuggler and got this shit. And you're like... That was a book that I read yesterday. Yeah. That was a that whole was book. Very, so speaking of, you know, payoffs, that was a very, very cool one to see what was, like you said, this entire story of our good, uh, of our good mall. Yeah. Murdering I, somebody that would have ruined everything if he didn't he, literally walk up to Palpatine, Palpatine, he hands Palpatine himself. He hands it to Palpatine. Yep. Oh, it hurt so good. It was so perfect. Yeah. Palpatine's like, in, It was I so have... perfect in a, I'm going to, I know the story, but I'm still going to be angry enough to throw the book across the room. And you're like, I, Palpatine's like, I have everything under control. Thank you so much. I will make sure this information is safe and secure. What? And just breaks it immediately. It's like, this goes away forever. Go away or forever. Or I'll send it to the Jedi when it's too late and just be like, I just, sorry, I was so busy. I don't know what's on it. Oh, he's such... Palpatine is lovely. And I mean, that's not an adjective I use for him. A lovely character? Better. Rich character. <laughs> so, that is part of what kicks off the Clone Wars. Oh. Yeah? My heart. What about your heart? My heart. The very first time I cried over Star Wars was in the Republic Commando series. So I cried, and I screeched. Yeah. I may have even voice calmed you. I don't remember. You might have. I was angry. We're, we're like a month away from this moment, the reckoning of the rest of my podcast. Okay. We can still spoil it because we're in spoiler mode. We're in spoiler mode. Um, So we've got Republic Commando. 
Order 66. I mean, you, you won't, if you're listening to this, you better know what happens during Order 66. Whoa. I mean, so Order 66 is just always a painful moment for me. When I first saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters, like, mm-hmm. my heart broke seven times in two minutes. Yeah. Where they're just like, here's Plo Koon, here's Ayla Sakura, here's everybody dying. And I'm just like, no! Because we didn't know. No. We didn't know. We were told that Darth Vader went around and hunted down the Jedi one by one. It wasn't... Which is true, but it wasn't the only way they died. Yeah. Yeah. This was just a massacre and... That they didn't see coming. I didn't see it coming. Nobody did. Palpatine saw it coming. Of course he did. Uh, And... No, but it's just... So, the Republic Commando series as a whole... Can you imagine if he had, like, slipped his tongue and said, Execute Order 65, which is arrest the Supreme Chancellor and put the Jedi in charge? Hmm. Hmm. Can you imagine? Anyways. We wouldn't be recording this podcast. Probably not. No. Uh, Republic Commando series... Is very good. Uh, it is good at examining this concept of child soldier but adult. What I like about it is it's one of the few books that really digs into questions of morality and ethics. So many are like, this is the story about Darth Plagueis. He's evil. Mm-hmm. And like... He's fascinating, but he's clearly evil. And, like, even, like, I think the grayest we get otherwise is, like, outbound flight with Thrawn and the smugglers. Because mm-hmm. you may know that he turns to the Empire later. And you're like, I don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. you, you know, supporting the fascists. Because I don't like that. Yep. Uh, but here you're doing what seems to be right. You are trying to save lives. And you're doing yep. so in a good way. But you don't, we don't really explore ethics there. Yep. Here, it's just like, what does it mean to be a Jedi? What does it mean to be loyal? Mm-hmm. What is it like? The clones technically swore oaths. Technically. They're also, you know, technically 10 years old. Yeah. So then at, the, at that point, how okay is that oath? It's not. It's not okay. No, not even a little bit. Child slave soldiers, not okay. No, as it turns out. But Which, an, yeah. another good thing, or one of the things I loved about the Commando series, is it introduced very well the Mando care. Yeah. And this concept of found family. Yes. The found family is so good. It's so good. And what I like about it is it shows Jedi as flawed beings as well. Yes. So much no, of them get yeah, Jedi Absolutely. It's, it's, they're no, you get to see them as the, is no longer this absolute beacon of right. They are, you know, some of them aren't human, but to use the phrase, we see them as human. Yeah. As questioning some of these choices, as looking at these soldiers and going, these are clones, but these are living, breathing people that yeah. as they go through these wars, as they do these actions, start to create their own personalities. And then and then at that point, is it really a clone? Right. And like the Jedi in Republic Commando differ like our other role models are generally like Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm-hmm. 
And while Anakin has feelings and disagrees with things, he's also, he's actually a relatively flat character in the books mm -hmm. because they have to leave enough space for, they have to fit him into the movies. They have right. to, yeah. they have a beginning and end that they need to fit his storyline into. He has an established persona that they can't deviate from or then the books don't fit. Right, and so he's very much just angry and dealing with his issues regarding attachment. Yeah. And he comes in having those issues and leaves having those issues, and so his arc in between... There's not uh, really an arc, it's a line. Yeah, there's, it's a very flat arc. Yeah. It, or it goes up and then goes back down again. Yeah, like but not much. Right. I mean, we get a little bit with the like adaptations of the Clone Wars movie and yeah. stuff that tied into the Clone Wars TV show because yeah. he gets to deal with Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, and so he flexes a little bit there. Oh. Sorry. We're not going to get to talk about the Clone Wars TV show because that's outside the scope of this podcast. You can talk about it a little bit if you mind. No, it's just, if y'all haven't seen it, please just, just watch it. So you can watch the last season so you can stop. <laughs> hey, so like, okay, seasons one, two, and some of three are at times very rough. Okay, so what you do, Star Wars, officialstarwars.com website, has a watch order yeah. that puts them in chronological order. Use that. I'm I'm working on long term a like recommended viewing list because you might want to skip the one where like Jar Jar Binks and Mace Windu go on a wacky adventure that makes no sense at all. Sure, but, but sometimes you just want to watch Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks. Two things. Maybe you don't. I do. You want to watch Jar Jar Binks? I don't. I don't dislike Jar Jar the way some people do. I, he's not a compelling character for me, and that's fine. Yeah. And the Mace Windu didn't feel like the Mace Windu I know and love, because the Mace Windu I know and love is the Mace Windu of Shatterpoint. Shatterpoint! Mm. Who is a very specific mm. character. We're just going to go straight ahead to talk about Shatterpoint. This is, no, this is, wait, we're not skipping anywhere. We're, we're in the right place. We can talk about Shatterpoint. It's fine. Are we sure? Yeah, no, we're in the, we're talking about oh, the right. Clone Wars. Yes. Shatterpoint is right in the middle of Clone Wars. <sighs> yeah? Looks so good. My favorite part from that uh -huh. is when Mace is like, I'm going to take a hostage. And Nick Ross, to his companion, is yep. like, what, what, you, I hope you're not thinking of me. And Mace is like, bro, no. And he goes up to Defo and he's like, I've taken a hostage. And she's like, oh, come on. You can't take yourself as a hostage. That's unfair. I have to concede. And he's like, I know. I'm Mace Windu and I'm a badass. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yes. Right. But getting Shatterpoint and getting to see the way that the Force uh, words, forgive me, it is like, uh, manifested, the way that the mm. Force manifested with Mace is this ability to see stress, literal, literal stress points yeah. in a, a, a timeline and going from stress point to another yeah. and trying to manipulate those stressor, stressors so that certain things break and certain things don't. Can you imagine Sith Windu? Ooh. Like, I mean, this is going to tie into Yoda Dark Rendezvous, which is either coming out just before or just after this. Mm. Um, and the plot of that is Dooku's like, hey, Yoda, you want to have peace? Or old master, you want to have mm. peace? And Yoda's like, yeah, we can chat. Ah. Uh, and the, the conversation at the end 
Yoda shows up and is like, look, I've tried to convince you to come back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, and clearly I haven't been able to convince you yet. I'm gonna give you one more chance. Mm-hmm. Show me, and he, like he's using reverse psychology. He's like, yeah. show me when, uh, Darth Tyrannus, show me Dooku. What's so great about the dark side? Turn me, Yoda, to the dark side. If you can do that, I'll, we'll have peace. That's how you get peace. Mm-hmm. And if the dark side is so good and so powerful and so useful, this should be easy for you, right? <laughs> and Duke is like, what about all these things? And Yoda's like, come on, no. Also, can you imagine me if I'd been a Sith Lord? See what your master has done in the lifespan of, you know, somebody who lives for no more than a century. Yeah. Imagine what I could have done in a millennia. Imagine... Do you know how powerful I am on Jun, this dark side stronghold? You should be more powerful than me because this is amplifying your power. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm still stronger than you. Imagine if I had turned. Uh-huh. And Duke is like, oh, sh- I don't want no. that. No, no, no. The dark side can kind of, there's too much of the dark side. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And like the story, like, Mace's story and Yoda's stories are just so good because we don't get to see them other than the leaders of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah, that this... Being able to see facets of their personality. Seeing their personality. Yeah. Other than okay. Yoda, Trickster, Mace, Sternface. True. And, you know, with Mace, like, you get that... He has to be that stern... Yeah. For be, simply because of his power. He yeah. has to be able to be stern and steadfast. Yeah. Because I would be tempted to break many points. Oh, yeah. On the timeline if it meant certain things. Yeah. 100%. And he has to look at those points and go, this it, would benefit one certain people, maybe. Yeah. But the universe as a whole, it would not, so we can't. Even though this would feel better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about Barriss's trials in the MedStar duology and Anakin's trials in Jedi trial? Do you remember Jedi trial? I don't remember Jedi trial. I remember er, Star Wars mash. Yeah. Or MedStar. That one was good. Uh, Jedi trial is the one where he meets Nija Halcyon, who is the great grandfather of Koran Horn. Mm. So he meets a Jedi Master who has a wife and kid. That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And. I, oh, right. And is Lee. And is this. This is on a desert planet, Prysidolin. It's a communication center. Right. So this isn't the Jedi in the ship. I'm thinking that, that's a different time frame. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, the Jedi in the ship? Yeah, the, the the ones that don't view attachment as yeah, that, a weakness. That happened in uh No Prisoners. Mm. With so those are the apprentices of I wanna I believe it's Master Altus. Uh one of them is a woman by the name of Callista Ming. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, okay. I've jumped ahead some. No. Hmm? This was so why are you saying you jumped ahead? Never mind, she's dead from the wounded. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, we're gonna get, but yeah, it, 
it didn't click to me until yeah. this read through that the Callista that Anakin meets yeah. in No Prisoners on Palaon's ship is the Callista that Luke later it's the dates. Ghost Callista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she eventually gets a body. And like, yeah. She met Anakin yeah. and then she dated Luke. Yeah. And that's super weird. It's real weird. And I can't wait to get to the point where I'm evaluating those books and I'm like, by the way, do you remember 40 books ago? Yeah. She was talking with Anakin about attachment and how it was okay, and now he's she's dating his son. Yep. And that's just hilarious irony. Um, but yeah, that Nija is of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And I honestly I think there's a good reason why you don't remember Jedi Triumph. It was not particularly good. Good. I was yeah. somewhat harsh on it last yeah. episode, or relatively recently. Um bah, 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 bah. Moving on? Sure. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, we are now looking at the rise of Empire era. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I guess we can talk about Kenobi. We didn't talk about Kenobi. Oh, God, Kenobi is so good. How's, okay. Okay, here's a question. Yes. How's Kenobi compared yes. to Kenobi? Same feeling. Yeah. Same feeling. Right. Uh, obvious. Just this thoughts so are just show, straight into the show veins. Kenobi moves away from Tatooine. Yes. Whereas Book Kenobi focuses on Tatooine. We, we don't leave Tatooine. We don't leave Tatooine. We, leave, we don't even leave like a 50 kilometer radius. No. And we again look at this this theme of attachments. Yeah. And struggling with this very firm decision base within this well now past Jedi Order. Um and wanting to throw away attachments, which you'll notice Luke later doesn't follow that same philosophy. Yeah, Luke's smarter than right. some people. Um, because attachments, if handled correctly, don't equal weakness. Yeah, more people should talk to more therapists. I agree. Therapy's great. Do you? So I know of one therapist in the Star Wars universe. Um, I can't see it, but I'm making a face because I don't. Yeah. His name is Clo Merritt. He is the station or duty psychologist or minder for Rimsu 7 in the MedStar duology. Oh, yes. And he's the traitor. He's the traitor. Yeah. Which makes your heart break all the more because you're like, come on, we have one therapist and he belongs to the separatists. Yeah. Yeah. But he was actually helpful. Then again, the people there were like mostly emotionally stable because they could talk about their feelings over vast quantities of booze in the cantina. <laughs> I mean, that's all they had to do. Yeah. Surgery and drink. Yeah. I drink and do surgery. Um, Hopefully not in that order. Uh, sometimes in that yeah. order. Because sometimes you're off shift because you just pulled two doubles. Right. And now you're, and then they're yeah. like, there's more coming in. You're like, well, I'm schwasty. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Copy and paste. Anyways. It was neat seeing Barris solo. Mm, yes. I really like that. Because we, had, I believe we had met her and her master before this in a book. Yes. And it, I don't remember which book. The Approaching Storm. Uh, just before the yes. beginnings of the Clone Wars. Yes. Yes. So seeing her now as a, still new. Yeah. But Jedi in her own right. Yeah. Uh, and seeing her struggle with what that means yeah you know and like she dips her toe into the dark side she sure does and like 
she comes out of it, but I mean, and it's a very light dip. Like yeah. the farthest she goes is she trips somebody she doesn't like. Yeah. However, she's like, oh, I am tripping on the edge of a crevasse. Yeah. Whereas what? Crevasse. Yeah. Okay. Not crevice. Crevasse. There's a, there's different things. Uh-huh. C-R-E-B-A-S-S-E. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Crevasse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, whereas uh Mace Windu, mm. like bungee jumps into the crevasse. Like he just goes into the canyon. He's like, I know I can come back out. Yeah. When, when he goes into the outpad, he's just Oh, in oh there. I forgot about that. Yes. And then so good. Pulls himself back out. He sure does. And you're like, oh, Mace, I've seen movies. I know that you're going to be fine, but still, oh, Mace. For certain values of fine. <laughs> sure. Traumatized Mace Windu, but still, yes. Yeah. Also eventually dead. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his life was saved temporarily, as it always is, which is a reference to the thing that Nick Rossi says to Mace Windu when he saves people temporarily. Anyways. The Rise of Empire. Mm-hmm. On Solo trilogy, Adventures of Lando Calrissian. All those books are weird. Adventures of Han Solo, Force Unleashed one and two. I mean, the Force Unleashed books were. Did what you they, play those games? I played the first one. Did you? Do you have any recollection of it? Nope. It is all. It is, like, scene for scene identical to the first book. I haven't played the second oh, one. Okay. But I want to play it when I get to that book. Sure. Um, because I want to see how scene to scene it is. Right. Those books were published for the video game yeah they were not published necessarily for the canon they're i mean they're part of like a multimedia tie-in for example so going back a little bit there's was a clone wars multimedia project that i'm gonna talk about when i talk about your dark rendezvous where they released book so there was three years in universe between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and there Mm -hmm. were three years in earth time between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and they released Uh a series of books that synced up with the timeline moments. And so they released uh, Republic Commando Hard Contact mm-hmm. three months into after Attack of the Clones. They also released the video game then. They released the TV show. They released the movie. They released a bunch of stuff in yeah. between that to fill in that time. And like... I mean, they did yeah. that with Dasher and Dar too. Yeah. But um, he also got comics. Wow. And so Force Unleashed definitely tie-ins. Runes of Dantooine tie-ins. The Old Republic are tie-ins because the Deceived is literally just their cinematics. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy the Force Unleashed books? They were fine. They weren't, like, great. great. They were pretty linear. They were. Which, again, they're based off the video game, so, like... Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like they tell very... Have you played Jedi Knight or Jedi Fallen Order? The new EA Respawn video game. Some... It's one of those games that is in between the four and the five PlayStation. I mean, yeah, um, mm. because I'm not. I'm a console gamer for most of my life. Not a not a shut up. Um, so, what video game have you played most? Is it World of Warcraft? Ah, uh, yeah. That's a console game. Play, shut up. Okay, I won't say anything <sighs> for the rest of the episode. You have the outline. <laughs> no, don't leave. Don't leave me alone. <laughs> Um, anyway, so it was a little rough on the PS4. There was lots of crashing, lots of mm. lagging that I don't think exists on the PS5. That but right now, getting a PS5 would cost 
a lot. Basically, what I make in a paycheck, so it is not feasible. Yeah. So, yeah, Force Unleashed, pretty linear. I do like that in one of them, they are like, and this is what, like, your family's logo is becoming the Rebel Crest because you helped found the Rebel Alliance. But it's one of, like, 17 foundings. Uh. This is actually one of my favorite things about the Legends (laughs) canon. You have, like, seven foundings of the Rebel yeah. Alliance, 17 suicide missions to get the Death Star planes, yeah. and, like, 20 developers of the Death Star, because that's such an iconic, like, the Death Star in A New Hope is so iconic. Yeah. And the Rebel, and so, but what's cool is that none of them are mutually exclusive, because no. the Rebellion, the Rebel Alliance isn't, it wasn't always one monolithic thing, it was... There was a rebellion here and a rebellion here, and there the were, two of them joined together. Right. And then I mean, that group and this group. It was cells, right? Yeah. It was individual groups that formed and then looked for more people like themselves. And then they slurped together yeah. and became the glorious rebellion in all of their slurping glory. Uh, and, like, so that's all, that all works. And, like, multiple suicide runs for the Death Star. Right. Like, I mean, if. If. Fits. It does, because if you look at the con sorry about the on, you look at the concept of the Death Star, it's it's not gonna be an easy thing to get. If you're building a literal planet sized super weapon. Moon sized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna be something you just put onto a floppy disk and leave in the corner. No. That's under some security. Uh, and then if it gets stolen, you chase those people down. Correct. Uh, yeah, Adventures of Lando Calrissian and Han Solo Adventures were written before pretty much anything else. Han Solo was immediately after New Hope and before... Right, before Star Wars figured out Empire. itself. Yeah, and Lando was between Empire and Return of the Jedi. And so we have like... Yeah, so it's... They weren't space whales. They were kind... Because they weren't whales, but they were giant floating... It was weird. It's like not bad weird, but weird. It was 80s sci-fi. Right, yeah. It's a a little little odd. With characters from Star Wars. Right. So, and then this is, you know, kind of why in Star Wars canon, references to the Outer Rim is always this reference to things are weird out there. uh, And why we very rarely go that way. And one of the things I actually like about the Legends branding Mm -hmm. is that the idea is that these stories are all tales being told by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that just accounts naturally in yeah. the lore for any inconsistencies. Or you're like, how is Luke on two plans at the same time? You're like, oh no, that guy must be lying. Mm-hmm. You're like, but you might mm-hmm. be. He's like, nah, I'm nah, totally not me. Thing. How did you feel about the Han Solo trilogy? Where he starts as a kid all the way up to meeting, uh, well, being in a dusty, dingy cantina on a certain dusty, dingy mm-hmm. backwater sand thing. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. They weren't my favorite. We're ending this podcast now. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for that. We're not actually done, folks. <laughs> Don't leave. There's still some more time. We're So looking at the timeline of books, we're on page one of three. <laughs> We've got some talking to do. We haven't even gotten to the best part. We haven't even gotten to the rebellion. We got the best part. Alrighty. The Rebellion. Whee! There's a bunch of miscellaneous stories. Yeah. The only series, there are two series here. There's uh-huh. the Stormtrooper duology about the squad. Uh, it's uh, Allegiance and Choices of One. 
with mm. the stormtroopers who mm. leave because they're ordered to kill civilians. And I'm like, we don't want ah. to. And they hang out with Mayor Jade. Best character. Debatable. Best character, you know. Jaina Skywalker Solo. Mm. Yes. She's second. She's great. She's fabulous. No. She's not Mara Jade. Mara Jade isn't Jaina Skywalker Solo. Mm-hmm. So Jaina has all the wonderful... We're gonna we're gonna have this debate now. <laughs> Jaina has all the wonderful personality traits that she's earned from the Skywalker line. Yep. And all the traits she's earned from the Solo line. Yep. And she's tutored by Mary Jade, so she has all of that. Mm-hmm. And she flew with Wraith Squadron. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the pupil of I'm gonna name some names now. Yeah. The Republic Commandos. Yeah. Wedge Antilles. Yeah. Han Solo mm-hmm. and Mara Jade mm-hmm. is not the best character. No. All right. You can be wrong about this, too. <laughs> so, and while Jana does have her own small redemption arc, I am a sucker. For a redemption arc? For a good redemption arc. Mm. Mara's redemption arc is so good while still holding on to... The core of who she is. Yes. And we're not going to talk about it yet. I have a redemption arc for you that I want to talk about real quick. Okay. Booster Tarek. (laughs) (laughs) He has a redemption arc. Yes. But it's not as good as Mara's. But yes. It's funnier than Mara's. It is hilariously funnier than Mara's. Yes. I love... My favorite scene (laughs) is at the end of Back to War. When Mm -hmm. he's trying, like... He has his Star Destroyer. He has a Star Destroyer. And he starts negotiating with the Rebel or the New Republic for how many guns he can have on his ship. Oh, I who did the negotiating? I remember Noara Venn negotiated either for the New Republic or for Booster. Do you remember who he helped in that argument? I don't. Whoever he helped got the better end of the deal. Oh, God. Back to War is so good. <laughs> We're going to get to that in like three hours. Hopefully faster because it's getting late here. It's getting but, late. Uh, do you have, I'm just going to hand you the list of books from the sure. Rebellion era. Sure. So you can just, rather than me list off 20 books and be like, oh, that one was fine. That one wasn't something mm-hmm. I really want. There are a bunch of anthologies in here. Yeah. There's like Tales from All Sign Cantina, Tales from the New Republic, yeah. Tales from the Empire. And there's some good stories here and there. One of my favorites is uh, No Disintegrations from, I want to say, Tales from the oh, Empire. Oh, that one was where good. Where it's just like Boba Fett goes into a prison yeah. and saves somebody. And yeah. it's about an old man being like, I saw Boba Fett once and he told me never to tell this story. He'd kill me. Yeah. And then the book ends with the storytelling just not like the sign that says No Disintegrations is disintegrated. And you're just like. I don't know what happened here, yep. but Boba Fett was here and he shot something. He At sure least did. one thing. He sure did. The end. Bye. Yeah. There was also a zomb- another zombie story. So there's Death Troopers, which is zombie stories. Mm-hmm. And then there was a zombie story in one of the anthologies. Yeah. And that was kind of weird. It was like fungus zombies? Yeah. Like the fungus zombies? Yeah. Like in so. the brain. Like, yeah. Or insects yeah, in the brain yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we do have. I think Shadows of the Empire was good. Shadows of the Empire. That was Down. Dash. That was tied to the video game. Yes. That's Dash why Vanguard. I liked it. Because my very first Nintendo 64 video game 
was Shadows, Shadows of, of the Empire. Empire. Um, so there is also a soundtrack for Shadows of the Empire. Um, and I believe that's where uh, Belware de Verda came from, which is the Mandalorian war song. Ooh, uh, that I didn't know. Uh, let me double check that. I, da, 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 da. I think that's them. Anyways, there's a full soundtrack for it that was part of that multimedia project. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did you? How did you feel about the bounty hunter wars, the Mandalorian armor, slave shit? Oh, that one was good. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little sucker for the for Mando culture. A little bit, yeah. I think. But that was be- that's partially because I loved yeah. the Commando series. As I, much and as that I did. was, I mean, written decades before yeah. real Mando uh-huh. culture was established. So it was very light, but it was, I mean, it's it was a starting point. It's much of what we got in the Boba Fett TV show. Yeah, just in a very different yeah. light. What about Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor? That is uh, no, no, that's post. Return of the Jedi, written by Matthew Stover, who wrote Shatterpoint. Yeah. And it's the one that's maybe a fictionalization of one of his actual adventures. Like, an early scene is Luke complaining about how they're getting all of the facts wrong in the hollow plays about him. Mm. And Han being like, I mean, I don't think the actor they got is handsome enough, but <laughs> he'll do for me. It's very much a... Uh... Avatar The Last Airbender. And oh, Embraer Isle players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very much. I think, I think I'm think i suffering from the fact that that was the second book I read on this adventure. I might not have had you... I think I started you with Truce and then immediately to X-Wing and had it be the first... The last book before the New Jedi Order. Maybe. Because I think it reads better after Shatterpoint because yeah. it deals with Nick Rostu. Oh, yeah. That might be true. But it's also just very standalone and doesn't have a lot of, like, Luke is in it, but not really anybody yeah, else. Yeah, it's not a lot of tie-in, yeah. I don't think. Well, let's move on. Okay. Let's go. Is this the best era? Is the New Republic era the best era? <sighs> it's hard. Oh, mm, mm. So the first series we have mm. here, and we're going to talk about it. My boys! My boys! I love my boys. X-Wing, Rogue Squadron, and X-Wing, Wraith Squadron. My boys. What do you like about them? They're so good. It, what do you mean by good? <laughs> Particularly uh, with regards to Wraith Squadron. They're so sassy. Oh. Okay. I love, I love I love some sass. But anyway, so the actual answer yeah. is this was the first time for me, because, you know, at the beginning I talked about how I wasn't supposed to like Star Wars, right? So yeah. the Star Wars I knew was the Star Wars that my my father and my stepfather showed me in the movies, and that was ba- and the video game, and that was basically it. Like, yeah. and then the video game, not a lot of story in that game. No, it's Star not. Wars. Yeah, I get to to do a snow speeder around a an ATAT and trip it. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of not a lot of yeah. lore, um, in a launch title for the Nintendo sixty four console. Yeah. Um. But we got to see not the big three yeah. as the main focus of this series, right? Like Wedge in the movie showed up during the fighter pilot scenes at the end of episode four and that's it. 
Uh, he was, I believe, in all three original trilogies. Right, but what, what yeah. I'm saying oh, is yeah, in yeah. episode four, it is... He shows up for five minutes. Yeah. And he's not, like, maybe not even that. And, like, he says, like, I've been hit, and they're like, fly back to base. And he's like, I don't want to. And they're like, fly back to base, Wedge. Yeah, it, right. Like, and then all of a sudden, we get to know all of these things about him. He, oh, I had a literary crush on... Had? Have. Okay, just have. making sure. A literary crush on Wedge Antilles because he is such a good balance between sass, humor, and having to be an adult. Mm. I really like I, Wedge Antilles is, of course, absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan of Tycho Selchu, mm-hmm. his second in command, yeah. because he is the actual adult of the family. That's true. He has the same sense of humor as mm-hmm. Wedge, which is how the two of them can hang out. But Tycho's like, that joke was very funny and also entirely inappropriate because it involved detonating a bomb inside of a spaceship. And we're just like, point taken, Lieutenant. But we still could. Next time, we'll put in more safety precautions. (laughs) And Tycho's like, I don't know why I try. They are just a squad of cats. We get a new walk pilot. We do. We get Lieutenant Ketch. Correct. This is also why I love my X-Wing boys, whether Rogue Squadron or Wraith Squadron. Between Rogue and Wraith, who do you pick? Rogue. Rogue? Really? Yep. I love Wedge. Wedge is part of Wraith. He found... He found That's Wraith. right. He's their captain for... I mean, he eventually goes back to Rogue, and then he goes back to being yeah. an Yeah. No, it might be Wraith. Because he gets to be his true sassy self in Wraith. I, he's forced to as a defense mechanism. <laughs> the only way he could survive, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, the pilot from Tatooine. Sandskimmer. Fallon Sandskimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, I'm the best pilot ever, and... We're just like, all right, you know what? Bet. Bet. The pilots in Rogue are wildly cocky. Mm -hmm. And, like, you have Corrin Horn, who is a future Jedi master. Who teaches Luke Skywalker some things. And has been flying ships almost as long as Wedge has. Yeah. And Corrin's like, yeah, I'm real good. And Wedge is like, you are really good. However, there's some things you need to work on. Corn is like, I am, while very egotistical, also like reasonable. So I'm yeah. going to accept this critical feedback. When Wedge tries that with the race, they're like, come on, old man. You can barely see it. He's like, I'm 27. Please, I'm not that old. Am I that oh, old? Oh, no, that makes me ancient. God, I can't. Re- I think he might have been even younger when mm. Fallon called him old. I just picked 27 because I knew it wasn't in the 30s (laughs) and I didn't want to say his actual age, which might be like 24. Like the pilots, because the pilots are like essentially like early 20s -hmm. and he's only a couple years older than Mm -hmm. them. He's only been doing it for like five years longer than, yeah. And so now I'm older than Wedge and that makes me feel weird. At least Wedge when I'm first introduced to him. Sure. Um, so you have all that. You have, you have, uh, Yusein Asard. 
and Warlord Singe mm. as your two mm. villains, who I think big are bads. both... Very good big bads. I think they're fantastic villains. They're both clearly evil. Yeah. And so we don't have... Like, these stories are about the stories of the development of the characters and how they've grown Right, and not roles. only that, but the development of, you know, we have this brand, you know, brand new entity in the universe and it's in its infancy trying to survive trying to survive what does that look like in terms of enforcing things it also shows us very clearly the empire may have lost at return of the jedi yeah at endor but it wasn't that was like gone five percent of their fleet right it's not gone that was a huge loss for them yeah they lost millions of troops and they lost their leaders but they have billions of right. troops. Yeah. So they're not going away. They're not gonna just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Um then we have the Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 What happened in the Thrawn trilogy? What happened in the Thrawn trilogy? I got to meet Mara. Yeah. Who else did you meet in the Thrawn trilogy? Thrawn? Yeah. Who else? <laughs> Pleon. Pleon love. I love him. him. Who else did we meet? Oh. That doesn't help me. It's a card. Talon card. Oh, yes. I was waving a card. Oh, you want to know what it is? I, in my head, I pronounce his last name different. Cardiff? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Well, the name of his ship is Wild Card. I get it. I understand. It doesn't it, matter. Okay. Like. You're locked in. Yeah. You read it once, you're like, Correct. I mean. I understand entirely. Yeah. It. I'm looking up pronunciations when I can for characters' names mm-hmm. as I go through. I'm going to learn how to pronounce Zinj eventually. You're like, that's not right. How do you pronounce that? Z-S-I-N-J. Warlord Zinge. Probably like that. Yeah, okay. I think it's close enough. Yeah, but I want to get it right. Sure. So yeah, Mary Jade is great. Mary Jade's great. She's the best. Okay, what else do you got about this series? Is that <laughs> it? That's the only thing to come out of the Thrawn trilogy? Is that marriage is best? It's not the only thing. It's the most How did you feel thing. about the relationship between her and Luke? In the, those books? In those books, yeah. It was fine. Like, I like it. So, right, we have this. So, one of the cool things. There were many cool things about the Thrawn trilogy. One of the cool things was it, it introduced this concept of, besides Vader... Palpatine had more force users. Yeah. I think this is the, at least in the books, this is the first instance of this concept of it wasn't just. It wasn't just the two, yeah. Right. There was a non-zero chance that in terms of the Sith rule of two, Darth was not going to take over from Palpatine. Sidious was non-monogamous. Sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think this also opened the door to the Inquisitors. Yeah, which yeah, seemed, we eventually get get the Inquisitors, right? Yeah, I think from this concept, we get Star Killer from uh, Force Unleashed. Yeah, what I really liked about the Mara Luke dynamic in the Thrawn trilogy is you have the classic trope of somebody saying, "I hate you. You've ruined my life. You are the worst person to exist yeah. in the universe." And that person isn't the villain. That person is Luke Skywalker. Correct. Oh, God, she hates him. And it's just like... Which, I mean, in her world, 
he was the worst thing to happen to yeah. her. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But we get, you know, in our brains, Luke is our hero, right? Like, he is our ultimate hero. Yeah. He is save the universe hero. But, like... But he wasn't the save the universe hero to everybody. The great part is he also, Luke also has the supervillain line of, I don't even know who you are. Yep. What did I do to hurt you? Mm-hmm. Kill a fascist? <laughs> and Mary Jane is like, kind of, yes. Yeah. Um, well, and the best part is, right, that it, their relationship doesn't get solved in the Thrawn trilogy. No. It's no. A, I would argue that it doesn't get solved. Sure. Because um, they always have some mm-hmm. discussions. They do. Let's say. They do. Um, you want to move on and talk about Dolan, Jedi Academy trilogy? Our good friend Kip Duran? Or do you want to talk more about Thrawn? Because this is where we meet Joris Sabaeth. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we meet the twins for the first time. Jane That's true. Jason. Twins are great. Twins are great. Um, so, f- because I never read the books, right? Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit of a segue. I didn't know, because I had heard so much talk about things for episodes 7, 8, and 9. Mm. about, you know, we had other people, right? We had the twins. Oh, they yeah. do this, that, or the other. And I always always be like, why did they do that? Yeah. But I'm not going to out myself as not knowing what yeah, you're talking yeah. about, so I just, like, smile and nod. Sure. Uh, and then, actually, in Grey's Anatomy, of all shows, one of the characters, it turns out, is a huge uh, sci-fi geek that sure. you wouldn't expect was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's this scene... Where uh, the characters, uh, Miranda Bailey, Bailey, who's one of my favorite on this particular TV show, is helping a young college student who was stupid enough on a dare to get himself encased in cement. Okay. Like carbonite. Correct. So, to calm him down because he starts freaking out, she starts, uh, because he had previously mentioned uh, Kessel Run. Yeah. She starts talking about Han. And Leia. And then how they went on to have twin baby Jedis oh. who went off, off to save the universe. And I was like, did they? Is this a show just making stuff up because it doesn't actually know Star Wars? When did that? Turns out they know Star Wars. Yeah. They got season four. I'll, I can... What year is that, roughly? Oh, God. I don't know. Because, like, I'm curious to when that happened as opposed to the new Jedi Order and sure, long when sure. that actually happened. So, so TLDR is, right, like, we get these twins and the twins are great. They are. They don't really, they're children. They don't do anything no. in the Thrawn trilogy. They, they do they next do, to nothing in Jedi Apprentice. Yeah, they do a little bit, right? They do like, something in uh, the Corellia trilogy. Yeah. But they're still not fleshed out characters. Yeah. You're still looking that up. I am still looking this up. Yeah. So, how did you... So, I guess we have a bunch of different villains in this New Republic era. Because we have yeah. a bunch of trilogies. We have Sard, we have Zinch, we have Thrawn, we have Dala. We have... I can't remember who's in charge during the Black Fleet Crisis. Um, we have Thracken Sal Solo... Yes. On Corellia. Yeah. 
How would you, I don't know, rate these, rank these? Black Fleet Crisis? Um, the, it was a set of previously undiscovered planets that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head that had this massive fleet and very xenophobic principles and they were slowly expanding their territory and their territory intersected with the New Republic. Ah. In fact, what might have happened is their territory intersected with the Imperial remnants. Yes. And the planet was like, anybody who can send aid, please send aid. And the Republic was able to send more aid than the Empire. And so they're like, yeah, we'll join you and leave the Imperial remnant if you can stave off this fleet. And so it became us. Uh, I'm... That might be made up, but it became a standoff at the very <laughs> least between the Republic and this burgeoning other galactic right. kingdom, for lack of a better term. Right. It was very standalone. It didn't have a huge impact externally. Mm-hmm. Although I think that might be where Mon Mothma was infected and killed maybe i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah that one's tough but yeah okay let's just say track and sell solo yes dala yes thrawn yes Desard and singe uh most effective to least effective and favorite to least favorite i mean thrawn's favorite obviously okay and most effective yeah i think so yeah like that one's a little debatable i mean singe did nothing yes like all the rest Dala, like, destroyed a couple planets and then lost her fleet. Yeah. Although, long-term, Dala was very successful. True. Where is... What is Dala's current status with where you are? She is shown back up. Yeah. Um. And now that Pelion is dead, she's on a warpath. Yeah. With good reason. I was so sad. Yeah. Because I, I, I love him. He is... He's dad. He and Thrawn are the only, not the only, but pretty much the only good parts of the Empire. Because they're there for the law and order. They're not there for any of the right, fascist it's, it's, shit. Right, it's not the fascist bullshit. They're just like, we need a reliable government and a firm hand at the reins. And they simply disagree on execution with the rebellion because they see the rebellion as terrorists, which they are to a degree. They're rising up against existing government and using tactics that you know involve blowing stuff up um but the two of them are willing to hear out their opponents mm-hmm. um, and believe that they have more knowledge and understanding of how the galaxy works than the leaders of the new republic and generally they're right um, it's 2008 2008 okay I think that is actually after the New Jedi Order, at the very least, started. Sure. Uh, and possibly even finished. Um, so, yeah. All right. Who's the worst out of uh, Asard, Singe, Thrawn, Dala, and All right, so we're Solo? Worst as in how? I don't know. The worst. In your opinion, who's the worst? Probably Asard. Okay, Why? Like she's the most villainous. Yeah, but like the... I and I and part of that probably right is because of when she was written into canon, and who she was written to face to face, right? Like the books that she is in are not designed to be deep dive books. 
which right. is fine. Sometimes we just need little brain candy books, right? And so I think that she is the most black and white, actually just factually evil. Zinge, too, I think. Yeah. Like, he's probably directly behind her. Okay. Um, she gets the nod for being the worst because she's more effective than he is, I think. How do you feel about Dala? Dala is complicated. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Right. No, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. She has more than one dimension. Yes, which is always good for a villain. Um, I think some of the best villains are are people that in some way, some part of you can relate to. Relate to. Speaking of villains who you can understand to a degree, we're going to get to that at some point, I think, mm. in one of our last two categories. Mm. Do we want to talk about the New Jedi Order and... A not quite relatable villain? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, so the New Jedi Order is a 19-book super series yes. with a bunch of miniseries inside of it. Yeah. Where the Jedi fight with the Vong and try and figure out what being a Jedi oh, means. Yeah. And Jaina Solo, best character, pretends to be a Second goddess. Second best character. I said what I said. Uh-huh. This is my podcast, so I'm right. <laughs> you can think you're right. And I can say I'm right. Mm. I can edit out the parts where you disagree with me. Then what's the point of me being on the podcast? To hear your opinions where you're right. Okay. Also, you have insights which aren't opinions. Like, you can Mm. be like, I really enjoyed this. I don't disagree with you. You get to say that. (laughs) Echo chambers are fun. Yeah. Anyways, how did you feel about the New Jedi Order? Was it... It was a little difficult to get into at first. I will readily admit, right? Because it's a very slow burn. Do Um, you think it would have been better if you had read, like, the Corellia trilogy immediately before it? So you were (sighs) left off with the kids as young adults. Maybe. Maybe. Like, not for sure. Yeah. A little bit of a maybe. Okay. And obviously, right, like... Was Bugs before or after Vaughn? Uh, Bugs was after Vaughn. Bugs was after Vaughn, okay. Um, yeah, I think so, right? Because they're they're more fleshed out. They're more people. Yeah. yeah which then means you care about them yeah. more. So something that I'm excited for is the Young Jedi Knight series and the Junior Jedi Knight series. Mm-hmm. Young Jedi Knights follows Jaina and Jason. It's 14 books. Junior follows Anakin mm-hmm. and Tahiri, and it's six books. And I'm not sure where it falls into this... Timeline, sure. but it is after Thrawn and I think after Dala mm-hmm. and before, and it is definitely before the New Jedi Order. And so you get to just you have twenty books about the Skywalker Solo kids, sure, um, which is still part of the you know the Skywalker dynasty, but n- isn't actually the, any of the yeah. big three. Now, how did you feel about the New Jedi Order as a payoff? It's a payoff. It was fantastic. Um, there, we talked a little bit beginning of uh this recording episode whatever you want to call it sorry i don't podcast often Uh, um that for example uh the story was it jedi trial where anakin makes a chip uh no where he meets where does he meet the planet that oh zenoma seacote yes uh rogue planet rogue planet uh we talked about you know running into it and it not having a name, but he gets to make a ship. Yeah. 
a a living, living. Yeah, a living ship. Living ship. And then in Shatterpoint, as discussed in previous days. Uh, that with between us, not in, on your yeah, podcast. Yeah. This is super spoilers. You should not listen for super like ten seconds. Super duper spoilers. Yeah, come back in ten seconds, unless you know this already. Anyways, that Mace Windu sees the He's, fall of Coruscant. Yeah, and un undescribable, unreal, like unimaginable ships in the sky. Yeah, turns out he can't understand the ships. Because they are creatures yep. and not just ships. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's... The, and there's... Like, it's a very long series. I mean, it's 19 books. Yeah. But you get to see a lot of development of the kids. Correct. And the other characters around them. You get to see, like, Luke try to figure out what he should be doing as the leader of the Jedi. Also. Also. It was the second time I have ever... Cried over characters in a book series, in, in a Star Wars book series, yeah. and screamed at you yeah. over Messenger. And that was? It was the end of the first book. Mm. Because there was a major character death. Not in the middle of the series where there was another major character death? No. Okay. This is why I said the second time, John. Yeah, okay. Second and third. <laughs> Correct. In this series, the second and third um, that I was not prepared for. Yeah. Because of who it is, and because of what they were in the original movies, the author was told was given a list of like seven characters and was told you have to kill off one of them. We want to tell people how real the stakes are. Oh, they're real. Yep, they became real. And then you lost another one, and then and that one like that one hurt, and I was upset about it. But the but, consequences on the characters around them was incredible. It was incredible, and and we are still. Quite obviously, seeing those consequences in the following series. Yeah, let's talk about that. The Legacy of the Force. The Legacy of the we're Force. We're gonna skip over the Killick Bug books. Bugs books. They were interesting. They gave. They were a step in between. And they they were needed in terms of understanding how the Force next. can enmesh people together. Yeah. Um, but they were a little weird. Not my favorite. Yeah. Um. Partially, I know, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. partially because you really, really hammered on one of the younger Jedi that gets turned mm. in the Yuuzhan Vong um, series. And like, I get that we need the villain, but I feel bad for her. Yeah. And maybe that's the point of her, but I feel like she gets beaten up more than is necessary. That's fair. Uh, like more than is necessary to make her into a villain. Mm. Uh, but Legacy of the Force. So obviously I'm not finished with this. Yes. Um, so Jonah has to be careful to not actually spoiler me. Yes. Uh, but let me talk about how I was, I guess, so super duper spoilers again. Yeah. So I was actually technically spoiled for this series by a friend of mine that didn't realize I hadn't finished this about Anakin becoming a Sith Lord. But it turns out... Jason. Jason, sorry, Jason, yeah, yeah. not Anakin. Anakin's Thank you. the dead one. 
Anakin's a dead one, and that's part of why Jason becomes a Sith Lord yeah. anyway. But. I can't wait to dive into that story arc. But it wasn't a huge spoiler because you see it coming. Yeah, well. And you see the build to Jason, the Sith Lord, or Darth Hadius. Um, I mean, it's not just you flip a switch and he's a Sith. Right. Because the seeds for that were planted in the Yuzon Vong trilogy. Yeah, let me count. So when did you decide he was evil? Or I say we evil? Yeah. When he was a Sith, when he was evil, when he had crossed the line of no return. Oh, um. Forgive me, some of these were read right when lockdown started. Yeah, and you read a bunch in a rush. And I read a bunch in a rush. What event? I feel like it's him leaving his troops behind. Okay. Not all of them, mind you. This was like on center point or something? I think so. Okay, yeah. Where he has made the conscious decision to move so far from the Jedi thinking of saving as many lives as you can to throwing away lives for the sake of the majority. Right. right He's choosing his, to sacrifice other lives, not just his own. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because, you know, his whole shtick is, no, but I'm doing this for your own good. I'm doing this for the universe. Yeah. I'm doing this because if I'm a Sith, I can save you. Yeah. So I'm going to take away your rights. And I'm going to send my police force after you. Yeah. So that's, so in Star by Star. Can I pause? Yeah. Sorry. Though I think... The obvious answer to that question is when he kills somebody on his fridge. Yeah. One of his people. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I think that's the obvious answer. I don't know if that is my answer. Okay. But anyway, sorry. I think. Continue. So what's interesting is in Star by Star, going back to the New Jedi Order, mm-hmm. that is when Anakin dies, mm-hmm. Jason is captured, Mm-hmm. And Jaina escapes. Mm-hmm. The next three books, Dark Journey, Rebel Dream, and Rebel Stand, are Jaina's story and her brush with the dark side. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dark Journey. They didn't try to hide it no. at all. No, 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 no. There's, um, there's no hiding what happened. But she dips in and is like, she doesn't dislike it. She gets pulled out by her friends. Yeah. Her friends are like, Jaina, stop. We need you to be a trickster goddess. And she's like, tell me what zany shenanigans? Oh. <laughs> um, the book after that, though, Traitor, is about Jason's experiences as a prisoner of war and also torture puppet. Yeah. And that then, was a little tough. And then, depending on where you decide when Anna, when Jason falls, and it's not the same for everybody, mm-hmm. it's somewhere between 12 and 15 books later where you're like, oh, he's been a villain for 10 books. Yeah. Like, there's a point, what I really like... Even if you know it's coming, Mm. you know that he will eventually, there will be a point, he'll call himself a Dark Lord or a Sith before he's actually falling. He's Mm. just like, he's pretending to, like he put on 
Yeah, you put, on, you put on the you put on the mask. He's you like, put on I'm the mask. evil now. <laughs> I think yeah. mostly to try it out more than anything else. Right. He's like, does this fit? Does this yeah. suit? Um, and like you know, he's not actually irredeemable at that point. No, he could have been saved. And then there's a point where you're just like, and it, I think it's different for everybody. Everybody yeah. has a different line of tolerance. Where they're like, oh no, he was a villain this whole time. And then they go back and everybody goes back to a different point where they're like, this is where he pro- like this is where he crossed the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. This is where he dipped his toes into the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. This is when he first saw the Rubicon. For those of you who like some classical references. <laughs> uh, and I I really like that more than, oh yeah, I had a nightmare, and so there's a lightsaber in my face, and then I turned to the dark side. Not throwing shade or anything. I'm not. Mm. Lightsabers actually throw quite a lot of light. Oh, my God. Um, so that's where you are. We're not going to talk about yeah. Fate of Jedi. No. Or there's the this, books after. I want to give you the name of one book after. That's fine. I mean, I've seen the book list, right? Like X-Wing Mercy Kill. I know. It's been staring at me for literal years at this point. Yeah. I'm like... So we've kind of, I have some bullet points that are like, what's your favorite storyline and your least favorite story? Mm-hmm. We've talked about all the storylines. What is your favorite storyline? And it can be like a macro storyline of the Skywalker family saga and just like cop out and be like okay. 80 books. Okay. You know what this answer is. You know me. I want to hear you say it. It's it's Mara's redemption arc. Okay. Right? It is, we see her, we see, and what's cool is over the course of this, we also have books where we get to see her pre-Thrawn trilogy as well. Yeah. Her, at this point, fully embracing her role as the Emperor's Hand. Yeah, that's uh, Allegiance and Choices of One. Yes. We also see her in a bunch of short stories in, like, Tales from Empire yep. and New Republic. And you're just like, oh, she's just doing cool Mayor Jade things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what what is the book where she works with Luke in the cave? Luke in the cave. With the, the things. The Trying to eat them. I don't know that one off the top of okay. my head. But you know what I'm talking about. It like might her 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 turning point. Yeah, I think that might be in the hand of Thrawn duology. Probably. Or ooh, no 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 no. Maybe in the um Callista trilogy. It might be Children of the Jedi, Darksaber, Planet, I know that it Twilight, involves Crystal Star. Maybe I feel like it involves the clone of Thrawn though. Okay, that would be the I'm pretty Thrawn sure it was the clone of Thrawn. Um, or a theoretical Clone of Thrawn. Yeah. It's been a while since I've read those. Yeah. Um, so then obviously, like, that's when she starts to question things and go, let me look at this other aspect of the Force that I haven't really embraced. I really enjoyed her in the Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah. Where, like, she lands on Yavin 4 with her Z95 headhunter. Mm-hmm. And Luke is like, oh, I'm so glad you came. Like, genuinely delighted. Because <laughs> Luke is the cuddliest bear ever. He is. He's... Uh, and Mara Jade is like, I am made out of, I'm a cactus made out of ice. Yeah. Good luck, And Luke kid. is like, I'm just going to give you a big old hug. And she's like, I'm stabbing you right now with three <laughs> knives. And he's like, this is wonderful. I'm so glad you came. And then Kip Durin steals her ship. And she's just like, I'm literally going, going to, to murder this child. Murder this child, murder you, and then use your blood to fly. Yes. I will just <laughs> generate a hyperdrive out of my anger. And like, I think, but she's trying. She is trying. And, and that's the big thing, right? To make a second parallel to the Avatar series. 
Mm. I love me some Brent Zuko because I love a good redemption arc. And he tries when he's first trying to be good. He tries so hard and he keeps messing up. Hey guys, and so, here. yep. <laughs> and so obviously in the Avatar, it's a little lower stakes than it is in in the Star Wars universe. I mean, Ozai. Kind sure. of Palpatine level, yeah, kind of Luke but, Skywalker but level. But I'm talking about you know the difference between her being upset at Kip, oh, versus. Yeah, I mean Kip did yeah. some pretty bad things. He sure did. So like, there's understanding at why she is upset, at what's going on. Did Mara ever take Kip? Mara did take Kip under her wing a little bit, yeah. Because she was like. Kid, let me tell you about redemption Correct. arcs. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that she was the go-to for everybody who's like, Mara. I did I, I dabbled. I screwed up. I need a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. I know Luke would just hug me and tell me it's okay. And just be but like, that's oh, not what I need. Poor honey. But I need somebody who can tell me, oh yeah, no, you can live in the dark forever and then come back. And I think that's why I like her so much. Because she's she's more real to me mm. anyway. Right? Like I am a as a human being that tries very, very hard to be a good person always, there's always a part of us, right, that just wants to not be. And her death, fourth time I sobbed, yeah, and I stopped reading yeah, for a non-insignificant amount of time. Yeah, it was months. It was a year, almost a year. Yeah. And that, that did you was, even finish the book? I did. Okay. I did. I made myself finish the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, I mean, that's what I mean, right? Like, I didn't just finish the book and stopped. Yeah. I stopped. And I still struggle a little bit. Jonas disagrees with me a little bit about this because part of me feels like her death was to, to fuel, you know, the angst of a male character a little bit more than it should have been. But... I don't disagree on that. I disagree on uh, the overall story that's being told, I think. Okay, and that's fair. Um, But it, there have, in in any piece of fiction, whether it is reading, video games, shows, what have you, very few deaths have affected me the way that this one did. Yeah. Um, There are three deaths that get me. Batane, Anakin, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Mera. Mm -hmm. Chewie, not so much. I don't know why. (sighs) That one hit me hard. That one is, it should be hard. And that's the whole point, right? I think. This was a main character. Like, not a main, main character, but part of the founding of Star Wars was Chewbacca. I think the reason it doesn't hit me as hard is the first time I read it was just shock. Sure. And then after that, honestly... We don't meet Chewie that well. You don't. We don't get to. We don't know him as well as Attain, who gets yeah. four books. Yeah, and but, but a deep dive, right? Like, like it's very rich about her growth arc, and mm-hmm. we see her grow tremendously from yeah. this scrawny kid who doesn't know what a lightsaber is, right? To somebody who could like argue down Luke on philosophy. Could have changed the face of the war. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Anakin, we've just come off of, like, 12 books of him and his family. And Star by Star, I think, is the longest single it is. piece of Star Wars fiction. Yeah. And it's, like, it, it's the struggle of the family 
try and figure out where they are in this in a in a situation where suddenly there is a very large chance that they don't win and they know going in like this is our this is our di- last ditch yeah effort. this is our Hail Mary play we know that not everyone is coming back we expect casualties and they go in as a family and like this is something that um the U.S. Army has learned like many armies have learned they're like when people come in from when we do large recruitment drives mm-hmm. or enlist people or draft people we shuffle people up so it's not one family all in one unit yeah or one town all in one unit, because if that unit gets wiped out, we don't want to wipe out that town. Yeah. And yet all of the Skywalker solo children go on what they expect to be a suicide mission. And Anakin dies. And then you have 150 pages like attains death and Mara's death are rather close to the ends of their books. And Anakin's is you have to slog. This was, they have, I don't think they, had even accomplished their objective. No. They have no. to continue their mission yep. and then get out. And they have more losses. You're right, because they lose to Harry to the bomb. Uh, and Jason. And Jason, right, yeah. In a different way. Yeah. And the stakes are just, it's just a nail-biter the whole mm-hmm. way through. Like, No, that book was phenomenal. It's amazing. Like, not even phenomenal in Star Wars. Yeah, no. The book itself is just Phenomenal. It's a phenomenal piece of fiction. How, what books out of the library, the archives, if you will, would you say are just phenomenal fiction? Kenobi. Kenobi, I agree. Um, Shatterpoint? Shatterpoint's another really good one. The one with Leia on Tatooine. Tatooine Ghost? I think, yes. I think yeah. those are my big three. And, and the reason I'm not saying this one is because this one is too tied up within the storyline, I think. Uh, star say, by star. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like I can't go. Hey, you who's who's never really engaged engaged with the extended universe. Go read star by star. They're not gonna have right. connection to anybody. Right. They'll be like, oh, are these the kids? Who are these the kids of again? Right. This is Luke and Leia's kids. And you're like, oh, please no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um. Whereas if I go tell them to read Shatterpoint or Kenobi. Or Tatooine Ghost, they're going to be more invested because they're going to recognize the yeah. characters. I, for somebody who isn't a Star Wars fan, I think, somebody who's just a casual fan who's like, watch the movies, mm-hmm. I think if they're a prequel fan, it's Shatterpoint. Mm-hmm. If it's original trilogy, it's Kenobi. It's Kenobi. Um, if they are a little, if there's somebody who's like, I want to really dip my toes in, mm-hmm. I might suggest Yoda Dark Rendezvous. Um, sure. Rendezvous. Because there's just some beautiful arguments of on both sides. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's like, I want to read one book and never read another Star Wars book again, you're like, read Darth Plagueis. Okay. Because I either you will not finish the book mm-hmm. and you'll be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Or you will change your mind, and I win. <laughs> um, although there's some other books that, like, you're like, I want you to convince me to read 146 more books. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to start you with Plagueis. No. Uh, but if you're reading only one, I'm going to have you read Plagueis. Sure. Uh, do you have a least favorite arc that you have off the top of your head? Or, like... The Bugs. The Killix? And again, I, I understand the ground that they laid, right? Yeah. Like, the reason that... 
what's his name? That Jaina and the Zeke. Oh, that Jaina yeah. and Zeke are as close as they are, right? Like, in a, it's a great... You, dis- do, you do theoretically get some of that in the Young Jedi Knight series, but okay. we don't... What, I haven't I read that yet. You haven't those. read that yet. Um, right, like, I know that they were friends and had a, a semi-history, but, like... Bugs and arms and the thing and the hive and yeah and I, I, again beating up of oh what is her the twi'lek uh oh the twi'lek I can't remember her name because uh, you're not talking about Tahiri no um I can't remember it off the top of my head it's been five years oh, yeah well I mean she becomes essentially the villain of that arc yeah and she just gets beat up so much yeah because. One of the things I love about Star Wars fiction is that, for the most part, it's we're not made. A, there's no, at least not that I've run into, there's no sexual violence at all, which is a big thumbs up. Yeah, huge thumbs up for me. Um, but the violence and the, you know the torture in the Yuuzhan Vong has a point, though. Yeah, like it. It is not just for shock value. Yes. Um, and it got a little close mm. for me in the bug books with her specifically. That makes sense. Uh, so for me, that's why. Yeah, that's fair. Now, the next question I have is who's your favorite character? We've discussed oh, that. We sure have. You know who I really like, who we yeah. haven't discussed at all? Uh, Jagged Fell. Oh, true. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, Jagged <laughs> Fell is the son of Baron Suntir Fell and Sial Antilles, who is Wedge's sister, who was a holodrama actress who disappeared a long time ago um, at this point in the story, went off, eventually married Baron Suntir Fell, who was the Wedge Antilles of the Empire, they went and joined the Chiss Ascendancy and were just off in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Jagged Fell be- is essentially a Chiss, which is essentially Vulcan. He's yep. just, like, very cold on his emotions and proper all the time. And he ends up entering into a relationship to a degree with somebody who is a better pilot than him and otherwise... Pretty much the opposite of him in so many ways mm-hmm. in of course Jaina Skywalker solo yeah and their relationship and any elements of their courtship hilarious because Jagged is like I would like to try something proper and Jaina's like what if we had fun instead of like following your rules of society <laughs> I have been taught by my mother that the rules are what you make them Yep. And by my father, in a completely different sense, the rules are what you make that of them. You're allowed to cheat the rules. By my uncle, you should follow the rules. And by my aunt, sometimes the rules aren't right. Yep. So I do what I want. Also, call me goddess. <laughs> um, but, so we don't really need to discuss more Mary Jade unless you want to go rant on her some more. She's just so good. Uh, I just, there's... I think for me, part part of it is, besides obviously, the perfection that is Leia, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she is my rebel queen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when when um, Carrie Fisher died, I also cried. Yeah. Um, but 
she was, besides Leia, she was the first instance of running into, for me, a fleshed out female character in a very male dominated fiction series and a very yeah. male dominated phantom. Like you even have, like you have, um, Tyrion Sarkin and can't remember the name of the woman from Thyphera in Rogue Squadron. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fine. They, they're, they're not, they have they're like not nuanced. Two or three dimensions, right. not 17. Right, exactly. Now, do you have a least favorite character or a least favorite portrayal of a character that you like? <sighs> yes. Um, for me right now, it is the portrayal of Tahiri Bell. Yeah. In legacy of the force series i i understand it on some level but it feels like she has been too tied up with her grief over anakin's death Mm. um that's that her her tie to this male character is how she's defined how she's defined how she's manipulated why she's doing what she does that makes a lot of sense Um, um and i feel like all of her struggles post Vong have kind of been thrown away. Interesting. Like her struggles to be in within those to books. To be human. To right to to get back who she is as much as she can. She she will never be able to get it all back back because of what the Vong did to her. I think I agree with that. However, comma or additionally, comma, I believe that that is not a weakness of the portrayal mm-hmm. but a strength of Jason he's like I know how I can be a disgusting human being and I can push on your grief because pushing on her grief mm-hmm. is something that he can relate to he can mm-hmm. that he's like I am your ally in this I lost my brother and you lost right. your partner right let us share this grief together yeah. and make it strong make us stronger yeah it's it's a really shitty take, but then again, Jason. At this point, we've determined really shitty person. Correct. Um, Irredeemable. Yeah. There. Every once in a while, there's a story that's written by about a character that is just so different mm-hmm. than every other. I really didn't enjoy Obi Wan in the Cestus Deception, where he goes to a planet with Kit Fisto. And does some negotiating. But eventually the two of them resort to terrorism. Yeah. And like. That's not an Obi-Wan thing. They feel bad a- about killing civilian guards. But do it anyways. Yeah. Whereas and, the Obi that I know would find a way to not murder them. Right. And then they go out of their way to like not murder the people at the top of the corporate chain. Mm. Who are causing all of these deaths. And also Obi-Wan has lots of thoughts about clones. Like huh. Who knew that they were all unique and individual in some way at all? And I had a lot of problems with characters in that book. Yeah, but that's fair. I have an empty bullet point here for anything you'd like to say before we start to wrap things up. And by start to wrap things up, I mean actually wrap, wrap things, things up. Wrap things up. Nothing yet. Maybe we can potentially, through our travels, slate for my thoughts on things once I'm finally done. Yeah, I think that would be great. Do you, Here's a question. Mm-hmm. When are you going to, after you finish the series, after you read the next 14 or 15 books, when's the next time you're going to pick up a Star Wars book 
that you have already read, not a new one. It's going to be a little while because there have been some, specifically Thrawn books, written by Timothy Zahn yep. that I haven't touched because they're new canon and not old canon, and I don't want to mix my canons up. Yep, that's fair. Uh, that I think I'm going to tackle first. Okay, very fair, very fair. Because Thrawn. Okay, here's the question. Yeah. How long until you reread any of the X-Wing books? Oh, it's going to happen very soon. Very soon after Thrawn. <laughs> maybe even before then. Maybe even before. Because, I don't know, if you know this, you may know this, they are uh, releasing some of them with very, very pretty covers. Uh, the Essential Legacy or Legends Collection? Yes. Yes. With beautiful masterpiece covers. Oh, yeah. I hope They're that they... They're real have- pretty. I hope they eventually get all 147, even Star Wars Galaxies, Ruins of Dantooine. No! No. Uh, Stop it. But if they do, I will absolutely buy a second shelf full, and I'll have <laughs> the ones that I read, and then just my display case up. Because if they have one of the... I like having my books match, and like half of my books have the Legends band, and, and half, half of them don't. Yeah. They're all mostly the same size. There are four or five that aren't. Just because they were never printed in the mass market paperback size, which yeah. frustrates me. But if I can get them all the same size, all with the same, like, dark hardback um, with, like, the same stylistic art on all of them and the same formatting. It's not for the, the same kind of stylistic art. They're, they're being very much different art do, styles. Do they have the same formatting for title I think so. on the side? I think so, yeah. And like They're bigger, least, though. They're not that size. They're that's taller. Fine. That, well, they'd be on a different shelf. Anyways, okay. <laughs> that's it from us, yep. I think. If you like this episode and want to hear more of my ramblings, please be sure to check back. Check that box to like, subscribe, favorite, or whatever it is your app calls it, and check back in next time. You can contact me on Twitter at Jedi underscore archive or email me at podcast at padelfgames.com. I'm Jonah. This was Meg. And the archives are surprisingly incomplete. Thank you.